Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Tuesday, April 28th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts, reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas. They help us. Email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to ProducersHappyHour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, ProducersHappyHour.com. And please share this show with your friends, colleagues, family. We want these stories to be heard, and they don't only relate to us and, you know, entertainment. They're human stories. And if you rate it and comment on it, it helps the algorithms. Like and us. We, know, we know, all know how we need help with the algorithms. Yeah, we're kind of controlled by the algorithms, aren't we? We are. We are. <laughs> Christian, we're chatting today with agency producer Lisa Feldman, who is based in Minneapolis. And she's a, she's a true pro. She's yes. a true pro. She comes from line producing on the production side. Right. And she is now a freelance agency producer and does a ton of work. Well, I find that the best agency producers that I work with uh, know what line producing is all about. Um, just like uh, we've spoken about before, you know, when you just one day start producing, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you get a better sense of what's going on if you start as a PA and work your way up. So I feel the same way, you know, like those agency producers out there who have line produced before, been on set, you know, in that position mm -hmm. are really knowledgeable and really easy to work with. And she is somebody that I worked with on one of my very last jobs before the shutdown. She was one of the last traditional commercial agency producers I worked with. So it'll be great to reconnect and have a chat with her. Looking forward to it. All right. So what's new? Christian, it's Tuesday. Yeah, I think uh, it is Tuesday, isn't it? So yesterday, I let you guys know that my doctor has the antibody test, right? Mm -hmm. From Abbott, the Abbott test. And yep. today, the intake was good yesterday. We did it by phone. Today, I am heading over to her office to have the blood drawn. I'm very excited. There's a few things that she said, though, that I did want to pass along. So logically, you know how our brains work. I was thinking that if it came back positive, right, mm -hmm. that could mean at some point that, you know, I obviously had it and was asymptomatic. You know, I know I had a sore throat last weekend, but I don't feel like that was that. So I think it was just fatigue. So at some point I've gotten it and it, I'm asymptomatic now. So my question to her was, if that is the case, would that mean in the future, because I know we don't know whether you're immune or yeah. not, it's not, it's too early, but in the future, possibly, would it mean that I would be asymptomatic again if I contacted right. it, right? Sounds oh, like, you know, yeah. common sense, whatever. These were my thoughts uh -huh. late at yeah. night when I was sleeping. <laughs> and so I asked her that and she was like, well, you know, interestingly enough, it seems to be worse in people who have more contact with it, meaning viral load, mm. and doctors and hospital workers and such are dying more than what a normal pandemic would have caused. Because they have more exposure to it. They actually have more of the virus. Mm -hmm. And they believe that they're beginning to see a direct contact and how hard it hits you is how much viral load that you're exposed to. Right. Either way, if I do come back with antibodies, I should not think that I am immune in the future. And mm -hmm. I should not think that it will be the same thing. Like I would, it would affect me the same way. 
because the belief has evolved into the higher viral load that you are exposed to is the worse you get it. Interesting. Okay. I'm very excited. Anybody in New York can get tested now when, you know, it wasn't the case before now, but now they've opened it up to everybody, whether you've had symptoms or not. So I'm heading over there. That's amazing. How long does it take to get the results? We had to rush off the phone, so I did not ask her that, but you bet your sweet ass I'm going to ask her when we get in person. (laughs) So I know, I just, I mean, I don't even know how she's going to do it. Are we just going to stick our arms through like a hole (laughs) and she can do it and then go? But we'll see what the procedure is there too. So how are you? Well, I'm good. I'm in LA Mm -hmm. getting by day to day and, you know, I'm starting to see all the chatter on the websites, oh, on the socials about so getting much. back to work, mm-hmm. and everybody has a different idea. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's getting a little heated. I feel like tensions are going to start to like get a little frantic. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to get back to work. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know. I, it's causing anxiety. But then this morning I saw that the AICP released their workplace guidelines and considerations for film shoots. Have you seen that yet? I have not. So AICP put together their own plan, Mm -hmm. which is good because all the companies have been doing it themselves and countries have been doing it themselves. So now Mm -hmm. it's just the AICP and it's nothing new. It's all the same stuff we've read, same stuff Smuggler put out, same stuff Mm -hmm. countries have put out. This makes me more excited to talk to the crew and do our crew safety roundtables that we've been talking about. I agree. Yeah. So if anybody out there wants to join us for crew safety roundtables, we're going to get different departments together, have a chat, see what you guys need. Tell us producers what you guys want to have happen on set so you guys feel safe. I know that we posted yesterday on Facebook, and since then I've gotten a few phone calls from crew just inquiring Mm -hmm. about, you know, stuff. I think that the guidelines are a great idea. Of course, we're all going to need them to feel safe. And, you know, I've mentioned several times up until this point that my concern is who is in charge of implementing them. And I know that burden lies on us and such. And, you know, as I was talking to some of the people who have called me about this, somebody mentioned something very interesting. And I was like, hmm. he said that I would trust you as a producer, but not mm-hmm. every producer has as many scruples <laughs> <laughs> as you may have. Uh-huh. I, I know we've all dealt with them. So, you know, then I mentioned, you know, a safety officer and he was like, right, I think it needs to almost be maybe not an independent company, but just somebody that almost like animal monitoring. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. It needs to be like a separate, they're not part of the production company. It should be separate. It needs to be independent. It should be separate. It should be separate. Maybe it's through the permitting office. Yep. Maybe it's through IOTSE. But again, IOTSE is not a good idea because we're not, they're not always union sets. So permit office feels safer to do that with or its own independent entity, which is interesting. And then I also, I saw a feeler put out there, I guess we're, this is getting into news a little bit. I saw some feelers on um, CoPros getting out there on uh, wondering if Nevada or Georgia is open for filming yet since they're beginning to mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. And there's a large back and forth debate about it, but most of it is like the large TV stations and networks and stuff are like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just because, because you know, Turner yeah. Warner Brothers Studios is based there. And they're just like, the company is not following the advice and opening. Also specifically using the word irresponsible. <laughs> wow. Okay. Right. Good. And so then my friend Helen, who is in Georgia, is a PM producer too. She mentioned Oh, that, I think I know her. Yeah. Helen Uriola. Yeah. She's awesome. Yes, so um, she said, yeah. rumors are that Tyler Perry Studio, which owns a completely walled-in studio, an exterior 
location, which is 300 acre compound complete with crew housing, is trying to figure out a way maybe to open. Uh But no exact date for that has been announced. I think part of, you know, the whole discussion is if it's a film quarantining or, you know, um, TV shows quarantining their crew first and paying a quarantine fee or crew fee, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think the discussions are starting to ramp up in a way that makes me feel as though filming could be right around the corner, but in the end, I don't think that that's practical or going to happen. It's just people are talking about it because the desperation has started. Absolutely. And there are some feelers. People are getting holds, you know, for June. So it's, it's happening. Oh, yeah. One thing we do need to also mention is today is April 28th, and this is the day that the PUA is now open. The Pandemic Unemployment Assistance is now open. That's the new system that helps people who are 1099 and independent contractors get some sort of pandemic unemployment assistance from the federal government. Okay. So that's a website. I have the, the link for the California EDD, but uh-huh. it, it is a national thing. So Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, Google it in your own state. And today is the day that you can apply. That's good information to know because the three people that I spoke to since yesterday haven't received any help yet, even though it's all been applied for since late March, Mm. including me. I haven't seen a or gotten a phone call or seen a cent from anywhere. And today I saw a statistic about they think on average about one third of the unemployment claims have been paid. Which to me is ludicrous. Like, I understand that, you know, we went from seeing maybe 400,000 unemployment claims to 6 million. I get it. No problem. (laughs) But what the heck is happening? Seriously, like, what? I mean, I understand workload. I'm absolutely sure that the people who are processing them, the actual real workers who are heroes too, (laughs) um, processing them, I mean, are working their little hearts out. I'm absolutely sure. But I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, Canada was able yeah. to give it in three days to everybody. <laughs> so anyway. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. That's uh, that's the world we live in, unfortunately. Yeah. Pornhub's servers are better than the unemployment department's servers, apparently. <laughs> um, I have two funny, lighthearted things to share with you before we get into our interview. Oh, good. I need if this. That's, if that's, Let's do it. If that's tolerable. I don't know if you saw this, but the Pentagon released three videos of UFOs. Mm -hmm. The U.S. Department of Defense has released three declassified videos of unexplained aerial phenomenon. And so they're technically, Hmm. they are UFOs. They're unidentified flying objects. That doesn't mean they come from another planet. Right. But there are videos of UFOs that are unclassified, and the Department of Defense is releasing the videos in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating because they were leaked was real or whether or not there was anything more to the videos. So everyone's been kind of panicking about these videos. So they said, nope, this is the whole video. It's real. We don't know what these things are. There's nothing in this video that is jeopardizing any sort of security or Mm -hmm. secrecy or, or anything. It's not doctored. Here's the video. This is all we know. That's interesting. I will take. I will so, absolutely take a look at that. <laughs> yeah. So whether uh, I believe them or not will be on me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You thought it was strange right. times six weeks ago. <laughs> it's getting stranger. Yeah. People have more time on their hands for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, uh, me apparently because the other thing I found was a video of Stanley Tucci teaching you how to make a Negroni, and it's lovely. 
So I'm going to put that. You can Google it. I'm going to put that in the show notes as well because Negroni is one of my favorite cocktails. Oh, we can put it on the cocktails page. Let's do it. And I love him so much. I think that he's just, and everything that he's been in, (laughs) he's just (laughs) fantastic. He he elevates the production, as they say. So let's get to our interview. But first, go to our website, producershappyhour.com. On there is a page called Take Action. We've got a list of resources, a list of places you can help by donating or contributing or volunteering. Mm -hmm. A lot of important things there. Feed the freelancers, helping other freelancers out that can't afford groceries right now. Donate blood, save the post office. Save the post office for sure, because I mean, we're already seeing that the problems with voting and that's a very important one to me. I just read a bunch of more articles on it. I know Uh, I've been pushing it for a while, but it's just like, (laughs) oh, maddening. (laughs) So check out that page. Check out the cocktails page. Help the local bars stay afloat until we get out of this mess. And if you want to join the crew Roundtable, email us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. All right. Lisa Feldman is a freelance agency producer based in Minneapolis. She got her start a week after graduating from UC Davis when she found herself chopping apples in the Oakland Coliseum parking lot, working as a PA on a Toyota commercial. I'm sure we've all done something like that. That was her start to a 25-year production career in the San Francisco Bay Area. Running footage, tabletop, animation, live action, to feature films. After paying her dues for a few years, she was a freelance line producer working for a multitude of companies and directors. She also spent time on staff as head of production at Kaboom Productions and as executive producer at the now defunct Roaring Tiger Films. Now based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, she has crossed over to the agency side as a freelance agency producer. She produced for a year with Hogarth Worldwide when they were the in-house agency at General Mills. The last two years, she has collaborated with talented teams at Carmichael Lynch, working with clients like Subaru. Let's take a listen. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. We're yes, so excited to have you. We're very I'm excited to have you. thrilled to be here, you guys. Well, Thanks thank for you. having me. We'd like to start off by checking in with you personally, seeing how you're doing, how your family's doing. You're in Minnesota, right? I am. I'm in the Twin Cities. So you guys are all doing well and we are. homeschooling and all that is we working are, itself out. We are it's been doing six weeks, well. Right? It's mm-hmm. been six weeks. Everyone's healthy on my end. My family in California and New York, everyone's good. Nice. My husband's working from home. Oh, great. I, because I'm freelance, my job's dried up pretty quickly after mm-hmm. the lockdown was announced. But I'll tell you what, the week I was, I was freelancing and I was doing full-time producing work and schooling my kids oh. was not cool. I can't believe, I, no I mean, bueno. I can't imagine. I feel for all the parents who are working and schooling their kids. We're, we're lucky where my husband just goes into the office every morning and I'm, I can <laughs> wow. focus on homeschooling the kids. It sounds weird to say, but I'm I'm grateful that I am not working right now. That will probably change yes. the next week or two or three. But right yeah. now, you know, dialing well, in that homeschooling, it's really great. Well, we feel, um, or I know I do personally, a little guilty about thinking that. But again, I feel like the first time in our lives, we're putting a bit of ourselves forward first and our mental health first. Yeah, it's a weird mm-hmm. thing to get permission during a pandemic <laughs> to yes. treat yourself and your family. It took and this. It took this <laughs> to get me to uh, do some sort of self-care and prioritize myself and my family's needs. So that's really sad, but interesting. Yeah. But also you're taking the opportunity. Yeah. It's been a big theme of the show that we've all come to this realization that, oh my gosh, 
my whole priority structure was completely incorrect. Oh, yeah. Right? And especially us as producers. We, yes. I yes. mean, that is our job. Everything oh. else comes first. And sadly, it trickles sadly. into our personal life. <laughs> It's yeah. great in the workplace, or is it? It really does. That's something to talk about. <laughs> That's something to talk about. Yeah. And, and, you know, we always couch everything we say on the show with the acknowledgement that there are people out there that can't afford groceries this week oh, yeah. and are trying to work it out. So we are very privileged to be able to stay home Agreed. and be okay and take care of family and friends and just take care of ourselves. So, you know, we want to make sure that that's that out there. Absolutely. So, Let's back up a bit. We read a bio. We know your your background and your history. What was happening the weeks leading up to pandemic? Were you on a job? Were you working? Sure. What was your mindset? Did, well, and, and like, when did things start to come clear that this was a, a big problem? Lawrence, I was actually still in post-production on the job you and I did together. No so I way. Was still, we were still waiting on client approval on one of our cuts. I was babysitting that, and I was prepping and doing a director search mm -hmm. just about to engage directors and calls no way. right as this was coming down. Yeah. And, you know, this is, we saw it coming down, but we're like, well, this is probably oh, yeah. going to be a little week or two hiccup. So we kept pushing forward and the production companies I was talking to, they're like, are you still moving forward on this? Yeah. yeah. Every yeah. day there were check-ins. Right? Every day there were check-ins. <laughs> every, every couple mm -hmm. hours. Yeah, sure. There. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just as we were, I mean, we were a week away from kicking off and awarding and we pulled the plug yeah. and I wrapped that up, hoping, you know, putting it into such a way where we could pick it back up whenever this lifted. Yep. But yeah, the research is yeah. done, you know, yeah. creatively depending, you know, the job. Oh, so, slightly. And the creative, <laughs> the creative mm -hmm. was based on fist bumps. No. <laughs> So yeah, that creative has gone back to the drawing board. <laughs> Maybe and now 300 it's extras air bumps. And <laughs> exactly. I'm not saying. Oh man, what week was that? Just so we we like yeah, timelines here. I love so dates. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the agency I was working with. We, I feel like we started working from home on the ninth. Does that sound right? Yeah. March March ninth. Yes, yes. That week 100%. was. Um, and I feel yeah. like it happened before it was like very strongly mandated or encouraged, but things were already starting yes. to come down. So that week of the ninth, I was still pushing forward and doing my director's search and talking to the production companies and scheduling phone calls. And then oh, by wow. that Friday, the 13th, yes, believe yep. it or not, my job still hadn't been pulled but it seemed pretty obvious that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Just waiting on the going. I was, I was bidding a project the week of the ninth for uh, missing pieces. Uh -huh. And it was a big experiential project and I'm having phone calls and everyone's like, really? And I, <laughs> yeah, so it, it slowly unfolded. And I mean, everyone was excited. It wasn't really that clear. You no. Know, it was like, oh, everyone's like, thank God, a job. Well, I you was know, getting like, the exact same input from yeah. the reps and from the executive producers I was speaking with. And everyone's very hopeful, like, we'll figure this out. We'll figure out how to hopeful. work around this. Hopeful. Yeah. How naive were we? <laughs> so <That> naive. <laughs> crazy. I know. Wow. That kind of dried up. And then. Yeah. Well, and then that trickled. That same campaign I was working on had radio tied to it. So oh. we shifted oh. to radio. Uh -huh. So I was actually working on some radio production for that following week, the week of March 15th. And then by the end of that week, the radio dried up as well because it was retail. There's, there's everyone's right. like, no one's going to be buying anything right now. I was going to say, why would radio right. dry up? But yeah, right. retail. It was retail yeah. radio. Yep. 
I understand that you're a freelance agency producer, but have you gotten the feelers from agencies? Like, cause well, I, we think that there's ants in the pants happening right now with clients. <laughs> there are so many ants in the pants. Here's the hopeful news I can share. All of my agency partners that I love to work with, they are working their asses yeah. off right now. My staff producer friends are working 12-hour days right now. There's yeah. so much planning wow, and really? exploring and research going on. Whenever I start feeling confused or down, I call a couple of my staff producer friends and I feel right. fine. There's, I feel like obviously things are flexing and changing and it's very fluid, right. but there is an opportunity for a lot of work. It's just going to be different work when we come out yes. of this, right? I mean, exactly. I completely agree. They are busy taking care of their clients, preparing for the rest of the year and mm-hmm. Chatting with the production companies and yeah. the and seeing what the mm-hmm. solutions are. And, you know, some of the things that the production companies and agencies have been doing are darling and they're figuring it out, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> that, Uncle oh, yeah. Ben, that Uncle Ben spot. Yes. So cute. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, um, what is that one? Yes. Uncle Ben's just has a new spot. Yeah. I think it was with out. BBDO Chicago, I believe. Okay. They shared sort of how they did it. And the director, he just basically looked to see what he had in the house. He had yeah. cameras. He had all the things he needed to kind of piece it together. He got talent from basically the little germ bubble that he lived in. He pulled like a dad and a kid from his apartment complex and they did everything remote and they pulled wow. off a really darling, simple, beautiful. I mean, it, it, the film looked great. It. The yeah, film looked amazing. so good. I mean, because you look at some of the stuff that's coming out and you're like, when was that shot? I know. Yeah. Or yeah. are spots coming out that may not have tested well before? And so they scrap them, but now they've got the footage coming back sure. out and like, you know, with a with a different read, a more yeah. like we're, we're yeah, here for yeah. you read. <laughs> I saw one for Icy Hot and it was <laughs> old footage. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Weird, right? Why are they promoting now? But it's a medical thing. Yeah, well, so people yeah. need it. Well, and you know, essential. people are also exercising at home. Yeah. Exercising at home. Yes. Yeah, so, but it, icy hot. they reused footage. And what it looked like to me, it looked like 30 seconds of footage from a bigger like anthem spot. Right. Sure. It was a dad and a son at home exercising together, like right. a little six-year-old and he's holding his feet while the dad's doing sit-ups and then they're so both cute. doing push-ups together it looked like it was just a fragment of a bigger lifestyle piece but they made it current and they repurposed it beautifully but they made it current they I put a beautiful very... voiceover and music on it Words. and bam smart yeah super smart so yeah there was a few weeks of real unnerving clarity and uncertainty about what was happening right but it became right. very clear mm-hmm. early on our industry's not going away we're no. <laughs> not sitting not still. at all not at all. It's going to come back with a vengeance. It's just going to mm-hmm. look completely different. It's going to so, look completely yeah. different. Yeah. So one of the things that we're asking a lot of people, and you mentioned this to us, that you know you had a long career as a line producer, and now you're mm-hmm. in agency land, mm-hmm. which works better for you and your mm-hmm. lifestyle. But you miss it. You miss the crews. You I miss do. the production family. Yeah. You miss all of that. So what would you need to see happen on set to ensure the safety of everybody there. And I'm not even talking the big shoots we used to do. If we come back with like 10 or 15 crews, like what would you need as to feel safe for yourself and the crew to be able to operate? Such a great question. And it's going to change every day, right? But right now, I yeah. mean, I feel like the creative is going to need to shift to accommodate mm-hmm. social distancing and, and healthy guidelines. 
as an agency, I would suspect that we always need moving forward a way to do everything remotely so that very few to none of our creative teams coming out. It's right. going to need to be a lot of remote supervision and collaboration. And for me, knowing that the production company I was working with mm-hmm. was taking great care of their crew right. to make sure that they were safe. I, right. I wouldn't want to be yeah. involved in any production where all the safety precautions, you know, weren't being observed. <laughs> right. I mean, it's production. You know how production can get people. And, yeah. and there's a lot of things happening in a very short amount of time, but we can't just throw money at things to fix things anymore. We need to slow yeah. the fuck down. Can I say fuck? We just, yes. we're going to oh, need to yeah. slow this down. <laughs> yes. We're going to need to slow down how we work on set to make sure things are done safely. Okay. So to that point, we've there also we been discussing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've been discussing You've led us too. into our next question. Excellent. Oh, so our, yes, <laughs> we're right on the same page. Three producers. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. My concern, right? Because we are getting calls for work and uh, we are speaking about how, what can be done and such. And I think that my fear, to be honest, is client or agency thinking that it's going to go the way it did before. So client management and explaining what the new parameters are, meaning if it's a remote shoot, then you have to like, you may not be streaming. So you have to look at clips a different way. You may not be, you know, approval process, maybe a rolling situation. So you have to have as much approved as possible because you don't have the table full of stuff to walk over and choose from. So the decisions and it's going to take a lot longer. It's going to take a lot longer. So shoot days that could have been one day could almost be three days moving I, forward. So uh, Agreed. These are the things that I know and that I will tell everybody. How's that going? Like in creatives too. Some creatives too need yeah. that discussion. You know, obviously <laughs> I haven't been working since it started, but I've no, been in course. close contact with all of my friends at the agencies. And the good news is clients, there's meetings going on every day. Clients are so receptive mm-hmm. to all the changes that need to happen and how... Oh, Okay. Much more time this is going to take and (laughs) deferring a lot more to the production company. You know, we we hire directors and production companies to manifest our creative, right? There's going to be a lot more of letting go. I know. Well, yeah, that's always the concept. And, you know, like you come to us because we're, you know, we do this for a living. We put on shoots, right? Right. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of, it's a Mm -hmm. lot. It's, it's going to make the line producer's job a lot harder because Mm -hmm. even though everyone's on board and everyone is excited to see how this is all going to change and evolve, there's going to be some painful growing and Mm -hmm. we can have all the best intentions in the world, but people have been doing things a certain way for a really long time and it's going to be hard to get out of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those grooves have been, Pounded down over and over and over again through the decades. And now like we my have my Prince a- vinyl. Yeah, exactly. And now it's going to be brand new. Yes. And so Lawrence and I talk about this often. We want to make sure we're doing it right. Right. And also implementing the change that we feel needs to happen too when it comes to safety, but also sick pay and other things. I also am very concerned about. The clients over the last five years, I'd say, when content started really popping up, the amount of content that they could get for their money or how many spots we could do in a day is that shit's going back too. Yeah. But there may be a higher cost. Even it's likely crew sizes are going to get much smaller. So at first blush, they cost are Mm going to come down. 
but we're going to be stretching out those timelines. Yeah. I mean, costs certainly in my mind aren't coming down. Are they going to stay the same? I don't know. We think it's going to be a little bit more expensive because yeah. of needing multiple shoot days to handle what we used to do. Right. Yeah. Like our department's going to have to go in by themselves and dress. Yeah. And if we need it, and then electric lighting, have of course. To go in and light and all that kind well, of stuff. Absolutely. And think about the prep. Casting is going to take three times as long. Those yeah, casting calls are going to have to get <laughs> spread out over weeks. Yeah. Or be video. I mean, it's just going to be very interesting yeah. to see how this plays out. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear that the people you're speaking to, I mean, every, you know, we still have the, we're all in this together because we are mm-hmm. yep. going, letting go of how things used to be is, I think, the trouble. It's the fastest paradigm shift ever in, <laughs> in the history of advertising. I mean, it's, I most, agree. it's Insane. the most painful fundamental change on how we work and how we live and we have no choice we all have to adapt and bend and have the most supersized growth mindset we've ever needed to have but i'm kind of i mean it's scary and it's uncomfortable but i i'm excited to see how this changes how we do things yeah i mean you know we were talking to ari kushner the founder of missing pieces he started a whole video series called Together, and it has nothing to do with advertising. It's much more about, you know, bigger world issues right. and, and societal issues. And a lot of the thinking is we, have, we were in one story for so long, yeah. and that story, by many accounts, wasn't working. Yeah. Right? We were doing this thing that just wasn't working. We were right. both personally and mentally and physically and financially and, you know, all these bigger issues. And now we have a chance to kind of change it. Yeah, we were almost stagnant and atrophied around this one way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And now that's all blown apart and we get to reimagine it. It's all blown apart. We get to Mm -hmm. reimagine it. And the the guiding principle behind it, as long as we don't forget it, we relate this a lot to 9-11, but it's so different than than that. It was in the beginning, for sure. It's for sure. Doing something wrong means people dying. Right. Not us spending too much money. Listen to what you just said. Can you... Can you believe what you just said? But it's so true. It is. It is. So another thing we've been asking people is, you know, so that's the practical, right? The practical onset stuff. Are there bigger issues in the industry that you think need to be changed? The culture of the industry or that you would like to see a a shift? And it's already happening. Yeah. But are there things you don't want to kind of go back to? Yeah, to our point earlier, I think... The thing that's been intense about this career is as a line producer and as an agency producer, when you are working, (laughs) you're working 150 miles an hour Mm -hmm. and you ignore if you're not feeling well. Mm -hmm. I mean, if people on the crew are sick, they're going to hide it from you because they don't want you to know. They want to just be, there was a sense that being professional meant you were fine. You're ready for anything. And don't worry about me. I'm all about the project. Well, we can't do that anymore. We no. need to be can't we need to put our crews and our creative teams and all the human beings in our realm first and then comes creative and then comes our amazing practice of storytelling but the people yeah. need to come first and I honestly don't think they did before. No. I know no. I know I I know just personally I remember when I first started line producing you guys <laughs> I would mm-hmm. have to lock myself in my house for 2 weeks after a job wrapped just to charge my battery because I, mean, I was ignoring myself re- and not yeah decompress. Yes. Yeah. Are, are Two you, weeks. I mean, when I was a PM, I watched a director 
and a producer on separate jobs, you know, pump their breast milk, <laughs> like, you know, like two months after they'd had the child, they were back at work because yeah. we're so hard on ourselves. But also, oh, yeah. too, there's no maternity leave or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So they just got right back to work. And it's yeah. just what we do to our bodies and our families Yep. in this. Yeah, I completely agree. So there's going to need to be some huge shift in how freelancers take leave for sick days to have a baby if family mm-hmm. is sick to go care for family. And this is something, I just feel like this is something that's never been addressed before. Ever. And now, and now it's forefront and now it's the most important thing. It's like extreme left. <laughs> I mean, yeah. our humanhood is coming out to the front of the line and saying, pay attention to me first. And then let's make some great stories together. And I think it's, I think it's going to be a great shift. And I think it's weird God, that so. a pandemic had to occur Seriously. for all of us to go, oh, oh, we're doing it wrong. Oh. Yeah, I keep saying a friend of mine at the very beginning of all this said, wow, it's like the earth hit the pause button and said, "Okay, everybody, you need to go to your rooms. You've been consuming (laughs) too much. You're polluting too much. You need to sit with yourself and remember what it means to be human. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was maybe only two and a half weeks in, three weeks in that I got a call for a job. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And. It was all remote. It was all going to be safe, supposedly. You know, I don't know really how it would be possible for no one to leave the house to to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So there was questions there. But I had to be honest with the company and say, when I take these jobs, I know that I need to be 100% available and fully be able to commit to this project. And I can't right now. I'm not there. My mom is by herself in India. What if she needs groceries? Right. The world events are changing. It's with still when the news was hour by hour, you know, it was like only two oh, or three weeks and in. So and so conflicting like, as it still is. My, I, yeah. Like I can't give you what I normally give you yeah. for a job that I had to turn it down. And they understood and it was nice and it was, it was great. But that just goes back to the point that when we are working, when we're on a job, it's full on and everything else takes well, a back seat. Exactly. And to your point, you said I can't give you what I normally would. I also mm-hmm. think yeah. it's, I don't want to give you what I normally would. That, that, that right. very, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to admit in our business. You can't say no. We can say no now. I know. We, yes. <laughs> we, <laughs> have, we have been empowered to say no. Well, I've, I've yeah. always had this theory and sorry to interrupt you, Lawrence, but I've always had this theory yeah. that people want to be told no so we can stop talking about it. Like if it truly isn't, I mean, we'll go down the road of trying to make it happen, whatever you're asking for. Like, I, I mean, I have been asked for a lot in my career, you know, impossible shit. And you just, you keep doing it. And then finally you're just like, no. And then they stop. They stop asking for it. Well, People We're need producers. <laughs> and also, that's our job. We are here to to find a way to do it. And right. so if the people mm-hmm. who have hired us know us and respect us, when we say no, exactly. they go, yeah. okay, moving on. Let's right. go to the next creative idea. Right. right. And I think my theory is, is that they understand that they're asking for something that is ridiculous. Yeah. Mo- not, not everybody. Don't get me wrong. Not every ask, but just the ridiculous ones are, they know they're asking for it. Yeah. They've seen you try. And then, you know, you got to say no. So I think moving forward, saying no for our 
personal reasons, meaning to not take to the, the job is yeah. allowed now, right? Agreed. Well, so what advice would you give the film community or creatives yeah. right now? Or production companies, you yeah. know, how to, mm-hmm. what to do during this time and how to best come out of this. I feel like it's going to, the crews are going to be so desperate for work and income and Mm-hmm. I think it's really going to be the responsibility of the production companies to hold the line. Exactly. Right? Because I'm already having the yes. discussions of that. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And I don't I don't I don't know what that looks like you guys, but I do no, know that the, the, the leaders and in the production companies and the AICP, I mean it's got to come from the top because crews are just going to want to work, creative teams are going to want to work, have income for their families. Agreed. And I can remember back to the days when, you know, I was working with Marcus, not name dropping, just saying Marcus <laughs> Nispel or Tony Kay or, you know, um, Pitka. Duh. And um, those guys would go back and say, <laughs> tell the agency what would happen. <laughs> and then they would walk away and not listen for notes. Right. I know that that extreme is not a thing now. But I think that there is a little bit of, you know, we're the we're the experts at what we do. So and you've hired us to do it. Let us do it. Yeah, I completely agree. And on the mm-hmm. other end of it, though, to those directors who walk away and don't take the agency notes, they're just going to have to have a little bit of a little growth there because it's going to have to be yeah. a lot more collaborative. No, no, no. Well, that, I, I agree that, with that. that too. Those yeah. days are gone. Like those, yeah. those days are those, gone. Right. You know, those are a, gone, but they're, they're gone, but it's going to take a minute for some of, it, some of our directors who have been used to working that way for mm-hmm. decades. Right. Yeah. 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 I yeah. know. And I know which ones yeah. that are currently <laughs> in my circle right now. And I'm just like, <laughs> right now. but, uh, I, I'm talking about you. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, you know this who you are. This podcast is about you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting time, and I think unprecedented, as they say, unprecedented. Yeah, uh, I've been talking about. You know, there's there's now starting to be tricklings of possible jobs here and there, and oh yeah, we both mm-hmm. are feeling a bit nervous about what is this new environment going to be like. We don't want to be pressured into making bad decisions and and putting people in jeopardy. So it's it's just yeah. it's going to be a challenge coming out of this to Holding do it the right. line. And I exactly. think that's the thing I keep saying it's like I don't want to come out of this not only just how do I put a film shoot together but out of for myself because I had the right. best year and I've ever had in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I nearly killed myself doing it. Yeah. And, you know, I was just exhausted and and then this court first quarter started off so strong working with you and then right off to another shoot and i had all these things happening in the first three months two months and i and i was wiped out i was gonna bid for another company and i told christopher my partner and i'm just like i'm exhausted and yeah he's like oh you say that all the time i'm like "No, no 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 i'm like i'm done and and then this happened yeah and so i don't want this to go this moment to go by without me personally learning some lessons about self-care, mm-hmm. but for all of us to learn them, you know, and the whole industry to learn. Agreed. You know, it's such a self-fulfilling industry. It's so f- self-focused, you know, it's like, oh, I got this big job. I can't talk to you. I've got all this stuff to do. And right. it's just like, ah, you know, at some point you need to slow down and, and really take stock of what's important. I think to that point too, and just making sure we're taking care of ourselves and our people, I feel like 
agencies are going to be leaning a lot on established relationships with production oh, companies and directors mm-hmm. because we're going to have to learn together mm-hmm. and it's yeah. much more comfortable to learn with people that you respect and trust and love. And so yes. to that end, that's going to be exciting and interesting to work with the tried and true who you already know, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. you have a shorthand with. Yeah. And then you can be super honest and oh, yeah. I, I don't know how the budgeting is going to go, you guys. I mean, is it going to yeah. go back to cost I'll plus? I'll let you know. It's, it's like, the, the, <laughs> oh, we maybe. can't, we, we can't, I, I don't see how these fixed firm bids are going to work because it's going to be loosey-goosey for a while. Yeah. A little it's concerned be about that. Yeah. With we've the been discussions. talking to mm-hmm. some, some people and, and, you know, we've been ruminating, you know, we've been <laughs> coming up with all these scenarios about how to do it right. And one of the things that keeps coming up is some sort of built-in sick pay. Yes. To the budget. Ooh, I like that. So that way, if some crew member, Top if some essential thing. crew member mm-hmm. feels like they can't come, we have redundancy in the budget for them to stay home, get paid, and bring somebody else on set. Mm-hmm. Maybe they FaceTime if it's like they yeah. need to be told but what they're getting to paid do, for the day. Or, so, you know, yeah. we have the technology. Obviously, we've been, look at us, we're talking on over a <laughs> laptop. You know, things can happen in a different way right. that is a little more humane. Mm hmm. And ensures our safety. And yeah. safe, yeah. And yeah. Um, it just feels like if that's a you know line item, say top sheet, $2,500, and we give it back if we don't need it, but that would cover oh, three or four yeah, crew members. Yeah, yeah. and it's that's cost plus. I'm already starting to bring that up with the jobs that have reached out to me because they're starting to happen. This is the week where people want <sighs> to start working. Yeah. And so having conversations with foreign, you know, like trying to pick which country yes who's opened <laughs> up and which country are we going right with? <laughs> yeah and those established relationships that we've had over the years of working with foreign companies i mean you got to lean on all of them because you yeah. understand that they're being you know you want to trust that they're being safe oh man yeah yeah but i mean we have it all figured out so Lisa, we have it all figured just out so you know <laughs> look to us <laughs> We had all the answers. The, the crew I've been talking to have been saying that, yeah, once we're ready to go back to work, my rate's going up because That's I haven't cool. had it. There's no immunization for it. It's a, it's dangerous. My That's, rate's yeah. going up before I'm step back on set again. Hazard pay. It's going to be interesting. Well, yeah, but <laughs> setting that dollar amount's interesting too. Yes. Well, I mean, is. how much is that? I mean, SAG does it, right? It's going to, wow, yeah. For people, for union jobs, how are the unions going to react? Have we heard? The last thing that IOTC sent out a big email and it was just, we're here for you. Let us know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we want to ensure your safety. We need to come together. It was actually IOTC Cares, which is a joint thing of all the unions together. Mm -hmm. But there really isn't, I haven't seen any precedents set yet by the unions. We do know that the DGA sent out a new form for companies to fill out if they want to request that their directors work remotely because that apparently is outside the DGA contract. Mm. They did not vet this through the AICP, so there's already friction there. Mm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in that job that I was speaking about two or three weeks into the lockdown was, you know, if, if it's a union company and it's a DGA director and we send a camera to a nurse at home to film herself, yeah. Do we have to pay a 600 person? Yeah, shadow. To shadow, her, right? to shadow her? Right. Like, how, how is that going to work, uh, oh, IOTC? Yeah, I mean, IOTC. Of, and then how do you choose there's which a lot of questions. first AC to give the money to? I know. So yeah, many questions. So, I know. Okay, uh, but we have one more question for you. When we are all able to kind of come back together and see each other in person. Yes. 
what is the one thing that you miss most? What is one of the first things you want to do? And that could be something as simple as getting your favorite drink at your favorite. I was just going to say the first thing I want to do is have a drink with you, Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) When Lawrence and I worked together, Christian, he was, he was having a dry January. Boring. That's right. I was. That's like the worst thing I've ever heard. (laughs) It was really, I mean, I loved everything about him except for that. Except for that. um, That was a, that was a real bummer. So to your point, your question is what's the, what's the first thing I want to do? What do you miss most? Drinking what do you public. miss most? I mean, it doesn't have to be anything you have to physically do, but what do you miss most? And what are you looking forward to coming out of this? And it could be it could be world peace. It could be a, a slice of pizza. This is going to sound a little woo-woo, but I'm a little woo-woo. I, I, I miss energetically working in the presence of other people. I, I love the energy yeah. exchange and the creativity build yeah. and the momentum you can get by physically being with someone in the same room. You know, whether it's for work or whether it's happy hour at the bar, mm. I just, mm. I just, I just physically, I just miss the physical presence of my friends and coworkers right? because I just derive a lot of information from that and a lot of energy from that. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story and your, 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 your kindness. And I look forward to being on set with you again. Someday. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right, Christian, I told you you'd make a new friend. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love her. So I, uh, we're cut from the same cloth, that one. And I meant what I said, and I don't remember if I said it while we were recording or not, but it was a serious pleasure working with her because from the instant we started talking, I knew she was a pro. And you know, even when you have those moments, and we said it in a previous episode, it's a world of difference when you have a producing partner. Yes. And you know, it's not just, oh, the mm-hmm. agency. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. And her benefit of understanding what we do for a living and then taking that over to the agency producing side, I'm sure greatly advances the discussions. And also, too, like if you tell her something about overtime, she understands it because she used to line produce, right? Not that agency producers don't understand overtime, but the reasons behind it sometimes need to be explained relentlessly almost (laughs) so her knowledge background knowledge i mean i'm sure it gave you a shorthand almost immediately with her it did it did yeah so yeah she's she's great great. love her dearly and that was a great conversation so thanks to lisa feldman for joining us today if you want to reach her you can get her at lisavfeldman.com uh lisa v v as in victorious (laughs) lisavfeldman.com so Okay, Lawrence, this show is edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo designed by Christopher Daniels. And our unused but amazing music was composed by Kyle Puccia. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, but please keep staying home. We're almost through this. Keep staying home. Yeah. And please, if you do need to leave the house on an essential errand, wear a mask. It's paramount. If you don't have uh-huh. if you don't have one or can't afford one, let me know and I will send you one for free. While you're at it, wash those hands, don't touch your face, and clean your phone. Yeah. Our phones are gross. And our computers are gross. Um <laughs> be sure to send us your voice recordings or your emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. And Lawrence, how do people reach you directly? Who me? Um Lawrence T. Lewis.com or <laughs> or for voiceover work, get me at voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, how do people get a hold of you? 
Well, I, I'm reporting that Sister Christian produces. I've been working on it. It you hasn't changed it? quite yet. Nope. I've not hit publish yet, but I've been working on it and trying to get some fresh stuff on there. So I'm not so embarrassed by the condition of it. But yes, please go to sisterchristianproduces.com if you need me. All, All right, right, guys. See you Thanks, everybody. tomorrow. See you tomorrow.